Welcome to Taste. Now, why did we name it Taste? Well, if you're from the west of Ireland, you know that they usually put an H in between the S and the T in most words. So the west of Ireland is actually the west of Ireland. The roast on a Sunday is the roast like, and doesn't it taste great like? Kind of like that. But for this episode of Taste, we're going to the east of Ireland, Dublin to be exact, where we speak to filmmaker Mo O'Connell. She is the mother of the Dublin International Comedy Film Festival, now in its third year. And it is just a great festival. I've been part of that. I've been a spectator. I've also had some films in there. And it's just really great to have Mo on our podcast. And if you're in Dublin the first week in December, you're in for a treat. I'd highly recommend going there and just laughing your arse off. Here's Taste. Welcome to another edition of Taste. And today we have Mo O'Connell, who is founding mother of the Dublin International Comedy Film Festival, of which I've had the pleasure of being a part of. She is also a filmmaker in her own right. She's an actress, she's a writer, she's a director, she's a producer. So she's um, quadruple threat or even maybe more than quadruple. So welcome Mo to the latest episode of Taste. Thank you so much. This is awesome. Uh, I'm delighted to, you know, to be invited. So thank you, Mike. You're very, very welcome. So tell us a little bit about the Dublin International Comedy Film Festival. And in the spirit of full disclosure for everybody listening, Mo and I had the opportunity to meet live uh, last week when I was in Dublin. And what I I said to you last week, and I really meant it, was the fact that it only took, it took you to actually put together an international comedy film festival celebrating the Irish humor that's known throughout the world. It's like, why didn't somebody think of this sooner, you know? So tell us a little bit about how you had the idea of it and what the last, you know, maybe a couple of years has been like in producing it. Sure. So, um, well, I'm a filmmaker myself and I had made a number of comedies and I made a uh, low budget feature comedy as well, like a a slacker comedy kind of thing. And um, they did well on the festival circuit. What I noticed uh, on the festival circuit was that um, drama is just, it's more celebrated than comedy. Comedy is kind of like Ah, yeah, but it's, you know, it's funny, but, you know, it can't win awards or anything like that. Um, so it's it's often kind of just put in the corner, you know, and so I'd often, you know, be chatting to other filmmakers going, there should be like, you know, comedy film festival. I mean, you know, we've got some brilliant writers and actors and directors and loads of really funny stand-ups and stuff. And if someone did a comedy film and everyone would go, yeah, 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 that'd be amazing. And then nothing else nothing would happened. do anything <laughs> yeah so then eventually i said oh i suppose i was going to, have to do it myself so yeah i set up in 2020 uh during the pandemic which is great <laughs> it's perfect timing and so it went online and um it was really cool though um you were a part of it and we had roger aylward from the states as well we had uh paul longley from uh, the uk um we had like really brilliant, um, you know, filmmakers uh, be a part of it. And so it actually went really well um, and everyone really enjoyed it. And there, I, what I noticed was there was a huge kind of appetite 
for comedy specifically and that audience is actually they often at the end of the week just want to see a comedy they just want to laugh their asses off they don't really actually often want a drama no matter how good it might be you know so well, that's, um, funny. that's funny you should say that because yeah i would agree with that i mean uh, certainly you know we saw the proliferation of netflix and hulu and a bunch of other things that just exploded during the pandemic right and yeah. i would i would hazard to guess that most people wouldn't want to be watching something heavy in a pandemic you'd want to do something a light romance or a comedy or at least that was for me and for most of the people i spoke with sure. uh, we were always looking at not only light and comedic but then also i think the shorts is also in interesting as well because people have a pretty short attention span so you look at like a comedy series that has 30 ep half hour episodes and you're like oh my god that's like doing homework so i really yeah. do think that the another thing that was very appealing about what you did was that most of the things were in a, a short film form so that they were they were light they were easy you could consume a number of them at one pop so um i i would think that that's exactly what was needed at the time of the pandemic when this came when your festival came out yeah definitely so and we kept it quite cheap as well because we knew that people were strapped because of the pandemic you know um so i think people really appreciated that as well and we kept it kind of charity based as well so we had a really nice charity a local charity that we were kind of um helping out as well so with the tickets you know with the uh, like 20 percent of the ticket price went to that charity so um so yeah so there was a lot of goodwill around it and our second one had to go on line again due to the pandemic which is kind of annoying i think people were quite frustrated at that point because we we're just on the edge of uh, the restrictions being lifted and it was on the last day of that festival that uh, the restrictions lifted and we all went out and we got really nicely hammered <laughs> so, <laughs> and that was bizarre kind of you know in a really after two years yeah what did you guys call that again was it because i was i was actually online and of yeah. course, you know, I'm I'm a few hours uh, ahead of you, but everybody almost wanted to get off. It was, was it Liberation Day or what was it called that that day that it was officially lifted? But I I do remember people were like, "I'm out." I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. It was amazing. It was a really, really good night. It was lovely to meet everyone. So so this is the first in person festival this year. And uh, so it's going to be at the Generator Hostel in Smithfield, Dublin 7, which is where I always wanted it anyway. And um, we have a number of acts, uh, which is, I mean, there are so many people to choose from. It's like, it's actually hard <laughs> to make the program. And we've so many brilliant films, like it's really, really strong. Um, and we're kind of like, because we, because we have three days that we're showing it on, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we have to show, you know, films during the day, like so even from 10 a.m. to 12, we have to start it because we have so many films. And we're kind of going, God, every single Schwartz program that we have is so strong. We don't want to put it on in the morning, you know, we're like we want to give every you know program slot a main slot because it's so strong. So anyway, it's a good problem to have in any it is case. Indeed. And then how do you how do you make that decision to your point? I mean, you've got just so many hours in the day. And I know that you had mentioned that you got, you know, hundreds of, of 
of entries. And then you took quite a few of those entries just because I remember you telling me when we had drinks that so many of them were such a high quality that you just want to make sure you give as many people a chance as possible. So what is the selection criteria? Do you have a committee that goes through and says? Yeah, we we basically just uh, shortlist of and then what we did initially was we get, you know, people to kind of show their shortlist or whatever to the group and uh, then we'd have arguments about that and stuff. And um, we write notes on each of the entries and you just kind of whittle it down after a while. And it, I mean, it kind of, it begins to show itself. Like, you know, even if, if, if someone has a favorite, uh, once you get through all the entries and, you know, the arguments are presented, uh, you know, for each, for, you know, for each short, you, you kind of can let go of a favorite then, you know, you go, okay, I, I can see why um, maybe the other people don't like this one as much or whatever, you know, and you can, you know, it's, it's, um, I don't know, it, it whittles it, it, itself down kind of naturally. Um, but having said that, we still have over 60 films um, that we're all really happy with. So that's <laughs> so, amazing. That's amazing. Well, again, uh, from it, from a, thing is just to make us laugh, you know, sure, sure. Well, from a, just a filmmaker's perspective, it was so great to have, uh, to be in the film, uh, in, in your mix at all you know I mean when you think about it you go out there and you make a film and then boom the pandemic hits and all of a sudden as a filmmaker you don't seem to have an audience for it and then all of a sudden along comes the Dublin International Comedy Film Festival and we applied and we got in and and to have the humor translate across the pond was such an amazing affirmation for the entire crew. I mean, we did have some native born Irish in our group, but this was an Irish American comedy. And I don't know what perception we all had, but we were thinking, you know, gee, is this is this an Americanized humor? Is this gonna translate? So for it not to just be accepted by your film community, but for it to win uh, in, in one of the categories was, I can't tell you what a, a boost of, of encouragement and inspiration it was for myself and, and for the rest of the crew. So uh, I really do think you did the Lord's work there during the pandemic for sure. Oh, thanks very much. Gosh, well, I mean, you guys did all the hard work, you know? All we had to do was just, you know, take it, very happily take it and uh, and screen it. So yeah, well done, you great. guys. <laughs> you and, know? and then for, the, for this particular, for the one that's coming up in December, what are the specific dates? Uh, so we have an opening reception on the first, and then it's at the second, third, and fourth. Second, third, and fourth. Okay, great. And the location again is? The Generator Hostel in Smithfield, Dublin 7. Great. We're going to repeat that again at the end of the podcast. The website is? Dublin International, sorry, Dublin International Comedy Film Fest.com. Okay, and we'll be right back. Taste Season 2 is sponsored by the good folks at Career Letters, careerletters.com. They specialize in professional branding, resume writing, LinkedIn optimization. And what a perfect time to be looking at your career, your resume, your LinkedIn profile. Is it all optimized to find that next career of your dreams? We're heading into the final months of the year. This is the time to be looking for a job now so that you can actually find and land the job of your dreams next year. 
Visit careerletters.com for more information. All right, and we're back with Mo O'Connell. So we talked a little bit about the Dublin International Comedy Film Festival. Let's talk a little bit about you and the kind of films that you make. And really, my first question to you would be, what were some of the films, the filmmakers or the writers or even the directors that inspired you to get into doing this? Um, gosh, uh, so many, I suppose. Um, I lived in the sticks in Wicklow, so I used to um, just watch films on you know, DVD and video initially, because we only had two, two TV channels. Um, so I, I saw a lot of Spielberg because my older brother used to buy a lot of Spielberg. I mean, I loved Indiana Jones and, you know, E.T. and all of that. And so I, I just watched them over and over again. Because, um, I mean, we had nothing else. And there was a lot of Arnie stuff, Arnold Schwarzenegger stuff. So I loved all of that as well. <laughs> I really enjoyed uh, Moonlighting with Bruce Willis in it. We saw that. We saw reruns of that late at night on RT2, I remember. And uh, what else do we see? What else do I really like? Oh, God. Romance in the Stone. My brother had that. That was a really old one. We used mm. to watch over and over again as well. Um, and Willow, I watched over and over again. Um, again, there were kind of stuff that my brother had. And we had kind of quite old technology anyway. We hadn't replaced it for yeah. years. Well, so it, 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 it always works out that way. The older brother or the older cousin or the yeah. older sibling or cousin always kind of, you take their record collection or their film collection and it suddenly, that is such a great inspiration is whatever your older yeah. siblings or cousins were listening to or reading or or uh, filmmaking as well. We also got, I, at least for me, I got all their hand-me-downs as well, which didn't always fit, but that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> And uh, and in terms of, you know, what you're looking at now, you know, you're, again, a director, you're a producer. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of the producing that you do is on your own stuff. So, uh, but you're also there to help other people out. So, you know, when you're producing or you're directing another person's uh, work, what are some of the things that you kind of look for before you sign on the dotted line and commit yourself to it? So what 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 are the kind of bells and whistles that have to speak to Mo? before she would kind of throw her support into a, a film project? Sure. Um, well, I suppose, first of all, it's the script, you know? Um, and I mean, it has to speak to my heart, I suppose, first of all. Um, and it can be any genre, really. It doesn't necessarily always have to be comedy. I've, I've directed loads of drama as well. Um, so, uh, so yeah, the script and then and then it's also the people like I, you know, I'd meet them and I'd have a sense for them and I feel like, do I do I like this person, you know, and do I want to spend time because sometimes it takes, you know, a year or years to make a film. So you're committing to a lot of time with that person or people. So, um, so yeah, you kind of have to put your spidey senses out and see if, see if you like them. Yeah, it's like signing a lease for a roommate, isn't it? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and one of the other things around the Dublin International Comedy Film Festival was it was not just the films, but in the be in the middle of it, you actually had working comedians in Ireland that were doing little routines. And you know, one of them is actually was in my film, which is Joe Rooney, yeah, Joe uh, which Rooney. was amazing from Father yeah. Ted. Um that was that was still a pinch me moment when he showed up on the set with the collar on. I'm like, 
that's my <laughs> <laughs> oh my god he's in my little comedy but um so you know how do you also I, I think the obvious answer is a comedian has to make you laugh right but what are some of the criteria that you look at you know from in terms of comedians that you select for the festival is there also a committee that decides on that because I'm sure that our that island of Ireland is has no shortage of comedians that would kill to uh to jump on uh and be part of your platform yeah we have tons of them I suppose like I mean um at the moment uh we're looking at people who are doing it on a daily basis as in they're putting themselves online you know and I think that's I think that's a very admirable admirable way to go because at least they're kind of um sharpening their talent constantly like on a daily basis so they're writing and they're constantly thinking and and then and then performing you know um also it just makes us know about them because they're putting themselves out there um <laughs> so yeah uh i look for that I'm, i i look for good writing um i look for good storytelling um i mean a joke is basically you know a story um it's a you know it's it's, it's a couple of beats it's still you know uh, with rhythm and timing that type of thing and it is I, so rhythm it is so rhythm and timing it's amazing yeah, yeah. And, and tone it's almost singing sometimes and but like it's interesting when people kind of I don't know poo poo comedy in you know in relation to drama and stuff because drama like I've directed loads of drama drama is much easier to direct it is and um you have one main story and you might have some subplots uh whereas with comedy would have the same thing would have one main story so you're telling one story and you might have some subplots but then you also have the story of each joke within each scene you know so you have to get all the emotional shifts of the scene which are the kind of dramatic bits and within that you have to get the little balls that are popping everywhere and their journey of jokes they're they're, they're, they're basically the jokes you know the journey of the joke and making sure it lands and uh whilst getting the story across so it's much harder you know you're drifting a lot more balls yeah and it's that people don't realize that i totally agree with that i mean i know this sounds precious to say it but for the mclean avenue piece that i did i got some notes that in some cases it was too funny so what do you mean by too funny isn't that great because it's a comedy not necessarily because just as you unfurled a joke along comes another one so the timing of that yeah. You're not letting somebody recover from one laugh before you're slapping them with another. Um, that was actually something that, you know, on one side of the coin, I guess it's a good thing to have because the writing was funny, great. But uh, I learned a lot about space so that when I applied for, you know, the Love Letters profiles the second time around, there was a little bit more humor and heart and a little bit more of a story. So you can elongate the laughs. You don't have to have them come every 15 seconds. You can breathe, do a story, uh, giggle, and 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 that kind of thing. So um, I think to your point, it's um, it's definitely much more about rhythm and timing and letting the beats happen in comedy that I learned in some cases the hard way for it, for myself as a as a filmmaker, never having done it. Sure. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Um, it's kind of like music in a way, you know, um, to allow the kind of a crescendo of a piece to kind of peter out before you begin the next wee bit, you know. Um, yeah. 
So let's let's switch gears now around. Uh, you're in Dublin, and when people are coming in, friends are coming into the city, or you got friends coming in from America, and they're like, "Hey, where's a good place to get some Irish food, Irish grub? Um, where are the places that you normally point people to?" Um. Well, where would I get? I mean, I, I suppose in particular Irish food, or would they just like anything? Really, anything. Anything. Okay. Um, well, I would go to Camille. Do you know Camille? I don't. Tell us about it's, it. It's it's amazing Thai food. Anyway, and it's uh, 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 they're all over the city. Um, I would go to the Westbury Hotel. And Grafton Street, it's just, mm. it's just on Grafton Street. So it does really nice salmon, really great salmon if you want like proper kind of traditional. Um, Have you ever Irish. been to uh, Gallagher's Boxty House in Temple Bar? No, no. That guy does an amazing thing with a Boxty, a potato, potato loaf. I, it is oh, like really? so insanely good. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really, really great. Yeah, that's where I usually send people to. And then we both discovered the Moxie Bar together last week, right? That was a pretty oh, cool yes. bar. Yeah, yeah, that was lovely, actually. Really nice. But that's not in Temple Bar, is it? That's off of, um, O'Connor That was it's right across from uh, the GP. Yeah, right across from the GPO, pretty much. So, yeah, uh, we both sort of discovered that together. Yeah, definitely. And then, like, uh, if you're just for having a sandwich, O'Brien's is brilliant for a good yeah. sandwich. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I, I know, I, know I, I noticed that myself. I mean, from not being in Dublin for a few years since the pandemic, I think there's a lot of, unfortunately, probably a lot of restaurants that closed down and uh, never to return. And then some other things came in and, and emerged. And, you know, I think Dublin is such a cosmopolitan city, not just Dublin, but I was also in Galway as well. So it really, to your point, your first reaction of what's a good meal to get in Dublin is Thai food. I know, <laughs> I know. It, it does speak to the, cos the, the cosmopolitan. Exactly, because um, I'm Irish, I don't go out to get Irish food. Yeah. Like, like you know, I go out to get other stuff. But actually, FX Buckley is really nice for a good steak. Mm. Yeah, really, really good steak. If you know, if you like that type of thing. Um, but I suppose steak isn't necessarily traditionally Irish either. Like you know, but the Westbury Hotel is good for salmon. So there we go. So you've just given us some great places to find steak and salmon when our listeners visit Dublin, and specifically the Dublin International Comedy Film Festival, which is coming up. So please give us the dates, the place to go, and the website to buy the tickets. Yeah. So it's the 1st to the 4th of December uh, at the Generator Hostel in Smithfield, Dublin 7. And the tickets can be bought at dublinternationalcomedyfilmfest.com. Awesome. Well, Mo, again, thank you for not only being a guest here, but also really no kidding, being a person who has given a lift to aspiring filmmakers. It's such a, I still get a little tingly when I think about first getting that email saying, congratulations, you got accepted and having that humor of mine and the, and the team, you know, translate across the pond. It was just a, a real monumental moment for, for the crew of both McLean Avenue and Love Letters Profiles and whatever work working on next. So thank you for everything that you and the team did to to keep that going during what I, we can't even imagine what you were dealing with during the pandemic and, and keeping it afloat. So wow. great work and, and look forward to tuning into this year's as well. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks All righty.
Well, great talking yeah. to you. Talk to you soon. Thanks again to the good folks in Irish Central for sponsoring the latest episode of Taste. If you like what you heard, please rate us on Spotify and like us on Instagram, Taste Podcast. I'm Mike Farher, your host. I also want to thank Barbara Farher, the smiling voice, my wife, for producing Taste. I love you, honey, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.